This is the Hashtag Higher Ed Podcast, presented by eCity Interactive. eCity creates websites, marketing campaigns, and magic for higher ed institutions, large and small. Every digital challenge has a solution. eCity's talented team of problem solvers will help you find yours. And now, here's your host, Stephen App. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hashtag Higher Ed Podcast. Ooh, we have a good one for you today. Uh, in fact, if you are listening to this episode in the car, if you're driving or if you're on the beach, just just turn it off. Just turn off this episode and come back to it later because you're going to be taking notes. That is the only way to listen to this episode. That's because my guest today is Dr. Liz Gross. She is the Market Insights Manager at Great Lakes Higher Education Corporation by day, higher ed experts, instructor, blogger, keynote speaker, and prolific tweeter by night. And today we're gonna to be talking about social listening, which is a topic that is near and dear to my heart and a topic that should be near and dear to your heart as well. So uh, let's jump right into it. Dr. Liz Gross, thank you so much uh, for joining the Hashtag Higher Ed Podcast. Thanks, Steve. I'm really excited to be a part of this. And before, I don't wanna to get too technical right off the bat. So before we get into you know the X's and O's of and best practices of social listening. I mean, tell me why social listening even matters. Sure, um, and I'll jump back even one step farther and you know define what I'm talking about when I say social listening. So for me, social listening is being able to find and analyze any and all conversations happening online that matter to you. And I think it matters because whether we like it or not, online is real life. Uh, IRL is online and online is IRL. And that is how the general public gets much of their information today. Um, That's how I get a lot of my information. It's how my family gets their information. It's how my grandmother uh, gets information. So the general public is trusting what people are saying online about, about their experiences, about brands, about your campus. And actually research is showing that Potentially, they trust what they're reading online more than they trust your official spokespeople. They trust someone like them more than an academic expert or a CEO. And this is actually based on research done every single year through the Edelman Trust Barometer. Um, So what happens online really matters. And you cannot control the narrative about your campus. But you can and you should be aware of and participate in the conversation. And what really gets to the crux of why social listening matters is that it's not just a part of social media strategy. You know, real-time insights about the conversation related to your campus or other topics of interest to you can inform your marketing strategy, your recruitment, enrollment, and retention strategy, your alumni engagement strategy, how you handle a crisis. It's just so much more than what's happening in your social media program. Um, retail and other big brands, airlines, have really gotten the importance of social listening. And I just think it's time for higher ed to jump on the bandwagon and realize how much it could be impacting the work that we do. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, Liz, would listen to that and say, yeah, I get it. It's important. But you know, I'm actually already doing it. I am engaging in social listening through my social media management platform, you know, maybe a Hootsuite. Uh, or a Sprout Social, but I know that you would come back on that and say that that's not necessarily social listening. I mean, why is that? 
So that type of behavior that I definitely did as well when I was on campuses, you know, having lots of columns going, lots of searches, I refer to that type of behavior as social media monitoring. So at the very basic level, I hope campuses are monitoring social media for mentions of all of their social handles, right? And that's like checking your email when it comes in or responding when someone calls your name on on your street. You should always do that. That is good manners. If you want to go one step above on social media monitoring, I know there are plenty of campuses out there that are searching for, you know, names of the campus and the mascot, and they're finding a little bit about what people are saying about them and maybe jumping into the conversation when it matters. But it's still just a live stream of single tweets, usually, maybe an Instagram post that is really hard to keep on top of. Um, But when I think of social listening, if I, you know, so social media monitoring is like checking your email, right? Social listening is like walking through the campus quad to hear what people are saying between classes or maybe eavesdropping in the crowd during a campus event. It's a little bit targeted because you know what types of conversations that you're listening for or maybe um, what campus or high profile person you want to hear unsolicited opinions about, but it catches all of those conversations online where people talking about you, not to you. Uh, There's a lot more to social listening, but unless you're gathering everything being said about you online, I really don't think you're even stepping into the waters of social listening yet. And that's been something that's taken higher at a while to get used to. So where do you think most traditional or or amateur social listening efforts are falling short? I mean, what are some of the Are there lesser known networks where customer insights can be obtained? Uh, Is it just more detailed messaging? I mean, what is to be gained from taking those social listening efforts to the next level? Right. So I'm hopeful that most folks listening to this have someone on their campus that is monitoring mentions of their campus name on Twitter. Um, But if they're doing that, and not all campuses are doing that, they're missing messages. Um, And based on some of the research I've done looking just for standard searches of campus names, they're likely missing at least half of the online conversation about the campus. Um, So you're only getting a little, little glimpse into the conversation from the people who happen to be on Twitter. And second, if you're just looking for um, the name of your campus, you are losing the opportunity to listen for any really important tangential topics like Um, How are high school students talking about recruiting tactics that they're seeing in their inbox or in their mailbox? Um, What reactions are alumni giving when they're being asked for money from your campus? What are people saying about your recent capital campaign? Um, You just recently launched a new academic program. What are people saying about those things? A lot of those conversations are lost if you're just searching for the name of a university because a lot of us are pretty savvy. We know brands are listening to us online and we've learned to subtweet. Uh, We've learned to write about things without talking directly to that organization or use it in conversation, But, but the savvy listener can still find them. So beyond Twitter, There's a lot of networks where I'm routinely seeing mentions related to higher education when I do searches for campuses. Um, So the one that might surprise people is Reddit. Uh, We all know Reddit is one of the most active online communities, and it's just really hard to monitor. But you can be instantly alerted when certain terms come up on Reddit. Your campus, a faculty member that's particularly uh, controversial, say, you can get instant notifications when those come up on Reddit. 
There's also seen, I've seen a rise of anonymous Q&A sites. Uh, one that really surprised me, and I didn't even notice it existed until January of this year, is a site called Curious Cat. Uh, it's where people go out and post questions. And a lot of high school students are posting questions about colleges there, and they come up through social listening. You can also get blogs, you know, more and more as our, our students are becoming savvy and learning that they should have an online presence. They're sharing their ideas with the world through their blog. You can find that instantly through social listening. The comments section of news stories, which we all know are quite an interesting view into the human condition. Um, Everyone's favorite section of news stories. Yes, you don't want to read the comments um, for fun, but there can definitely be some interesting insights there related to the general population. YouTube videos. I, I found a YouTube video where a student was literally listing the 11 campuses she'd applied to for graduate school. She mentioned them all in the comments of the YouTube video, and not a single campus responded. Like, what an amazing opportunity. That was totally missed. And then the big one that is almost an unending source for social listening is user forums and discussion boards. And, and I mean for everything. So we're not just talking about discussion boards related to colleges. We're talking about any place where an online community is formed and people have just started talking about their lives. Um, I know I participate in, in a variety of these communities and my, top, my conversation generally goes off topic. The most funny one that came across to me in social listening was when I was doing social listening at Great Lakes for people talking about their student loans. And I started coming across very relevant conversations on the Weight Watchers forums because those people- That makes had, total sense. <laughs> I know, right? Um, except not. <laughs> those people had gotten to know each other really well and they just started talking about other areas of their life and they were having problems with their student loans and we could help them on Weight Watchers website. So you never know what you're gonna find until you start looking. Let's switch gears and talk about professionals who want to do a better job of social listening. I mean, what are some of the first steps that someone can take to implement a social listening strategy? So I think people fall into the trap of, you know, what we just started to talk about, the software, right? You need special software to do social listening well, to gather insights. But I would encourage folks to take a step back and don't focus on the software first. Really make sure you understand the use cases for social listening in higher education. You know, this, this can apply to reputation management if you're in the marketing and branding office. It could apply to identifying stealth applicants or um, people in the consideration phase for enrollment management. It could apply to community building for alumni affairs. It goes, it goes on and on and on. But if you want to get ideas of how this has been used in um, larger organizations look to retail and consumer brands and see what they're doing because a lot of them have already figured it out. So first, just think about social listening in a blue sky sense. How how could you use insights from the general public? How could their conversation inform the work you do? So first, you know, start big. Then, you know, seek out professionals on other campuses that have been doing it for a while. There are not a lot of them, but there are a few. Um, so I, I didn't tell any of these folks I was going to give them shout outs, but I know I've had conversations with um, with Chris at NYU, Chris Barrows, Tyler Thomas at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, um, Megan at the University of Illinois, 
Uh, Pepperdine is doing some great stuff. Find those professionals that have been doing it for a while and talk to them and see how they've been able to impact strategic campus decisions with social listening. And then bring it back to your specific campus, campus and make a list of the strategic ways that social listening could be used. All of this happens before you start talking about software. But if you want to do a better job, you're eventually going to need software and you're going to have to make that case to somebody who has to write the check. So unless you've thought about this strategically, very few people are going to just jump on software because you say it's a good idea. So um, the other thing you need to do is you need, need to have at least a, a rudimentary understanding of Boolean logic. Uh, Boolean is, you know, if you see a, a very long query that has a lots of ands, ors, nots, it, it's a way to search for very specific conditions in text, and it is how all social listening software finds mentions. So there's some very basic Boolean tutorials you can find online, but at least make sure you understand what it is and how it works before you start jumping into this. Um, then. Then you'll understand basically how these tools are crawling the internet and you can start making a case for a tool or a service to help you on campus. And that's probably going to take some time because you know, you cannot do true social listening without the use of fancy pants software. And that is because searching all of the online public conversations requires the use of massive amounts of data and that data is not free. So because of that, the software providers have to charge you for searching it. You'll never be able to do an exhaustive search without using paid software tools. So um, that's, that's still a hurdle that higher education is starting to get over. Again, I think retail and consumer brands have gotten over that hurdle, but we're, we're still working towards it in higher education. A few years down the road, I really think social listening will be viewed more like web analytics or CRMs are on campus. You know, people who work in the web can't imagine their life without analytics, and people who work in enrollment management can't imagine their life without their CRM. They're a necessity. They cost money, either in technology or human resources, but they've both improved campus outcomes in a major way. It just took some time for us to get there. Um, I firmly believe social listening is on that curve, and eventually social listening software will not be such a hard sell for campuses. And Liz, am I correct in assuming that fancy pants software is the technical term for this industry? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the fancy pants software is likely called uh, social intelligence software, social listening software, social insights software. Uh, fancy pants just, you know, I'm all about the people. That's what we can identify with. <laughs> it's so much more memorable. <laughs> Let's, well, let's talk about fancy pants software. So this is a busier space than I think most people would probably assume. Uh, I know you've worked with a bunch of different software platforms. You know, what are some of the options out there for higher education when it does come time to make a case for fancy pants software? So uh, it's a giant landscape and it probably makes your IT staff nervous because it's a landscape that hasn't really matured yet. So um, the oldest social listening platforms on the market have maybe been around a decade, but um, haven't been in use at the enterprise level for more than, say, five or six years max. So this is something that 
um, the space is ever evolving. People are being acquired. They're you know, changing their focus. Um, the website G2 Crowd, which is where a lot of IT products get reviewed, lists over 100 social listening providers right now. Wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's crazy. And they run the gamut. I wouldn't categorize them all as fancy pants, um, but <laughs> there's definitely a lot of folks trying to play in this space. Um, I have been doing social listening as a serious part of my job for five years, and I have used three separate tools because our work has evolved and the tools have evolved or failed to evolve in such a way that I've always had to be scanning the landscape and finding what works best for me at that point in time. And what really helped me to do that was leaning on some of the more well-known IT consulting firms. And I know back when I worked at UW-Milwaukee, we had an agreement with one of these firms. So your campus might as well. Um, The the big two are Forrester and Gartner. And they each have reports they put out every year or two about this space. So Forrester has a report um, called the Wave Report for Enterprise Social Listening Platforms. And they've identified 12 leaders in the space. Uh, Gartner has a similar report called the Magic Quadrant. I think there's about a dozen folks on that right now. So, you know, they're looking at the top tier of those 100 providers on G2 Crowd. No single social listening provider is providing, or social listening software, is providing tools specific to higher education right now. Uh, And I doubt that'll happen because it doesn't make a lot of sense, right? So social listening software works regardless of what you're searching for. That being said, um, you know, I've, I've spoken with as many folks on campuses that are using uh, really good tools as possible. And the people that I've talked to have told me they're using a handful of tools that work from them. So um, some of those are Brandwatch, Sysimos, Nuvi, Hootsuite's Enterprise version, which has an Insights add-on, and um, Radiant 6, which is part of Social Studio. So... Disclaimer, this is by no means a recommendation of which tool for you to use, because I think the right tool for each campus or organization is going to be different based on what your goals are, uh, what your budget is, what sort of human resources and analytical capacity you have available. So it's good that it's a big space. Over the next three to five years, that space is going to shrink a little bit, and hopefully we'll see you know, a solid dozen that are out there to pick from. Um, it's really hard to choose software. So if you want a long version of how I, how I suggest folks go about it, I do have a blog post on eight tips for choosing social listening software that helps you learn from all of my mistakes that I've made over the last three years as we've been figuring out how to uh, choose something in this space. Yeah, and we'll make sure to link to that article. And I think probably reassuring to know that if you're making mistakes when evaluating software options, uh, it, it, it might be a bumpy road for, for someone who's new to this space entirely to try to navigate all these different software providers. Yeah, I think the third time was a charm for me. And I wrote that blog post after the third time. So <laughs> make use of my failures. <laughs> Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about best practices for social listening. So in your opinion, speaking of mistakes, you know, what is the biggest mistake that professionals make when they're engaging in social listening? So 
You know, if we think back to a decade ago, gosh, I feel old now, um, (laughs) when campuses were just starting to dabble in social media as a thing, I think we see the same set of mistakes and that the main mistake is just doing it because they know they should or they've heard they should, but without a plan or a staff member trained to do it or any time set aside to do it. So what happens when you do that is you get you know a general query or maybe two dozen streams in TweetDeck or Hootsuite <laughs> that catch names of your campuses and and you've just got hundreds or thousands of mentions to sort through. And it's like, great, you're listening, but what the heck do you do with it, right? Um, so starting it without a plan is definitely a great way to get overwhelmed fast and start having people question why you're putting resources into it. Um, I think that the best way, talking about best practices, to, to use social listening is when you're able to look at it from a strategic standpoint and you're able to pull all of those mentions together at sort of an aggregate or macro level so that you can see trends as far as topics, locations, influencers, um, all the things that are happening when you're able to step back and look at hundreds or thousands of mentions of data at once. So with the exception of folks in recruitment who definitely need those individual mentions and need to jump on every engagement opportunity, you know, looking at something in a holistic way where it supports your strategic goals and you're able to organize and analyze data that makes meaning to you and provides insights that are actionable, that is valuable. And I have not seen a lot of that done in higher education. Um, the most common use case for social listening for the campuses that are doing it right now is crisis management. So it helps them know when something is bubbling up and they can respond to something in the moment, but they're not really expanding the use of social listening in a strategic way, which is where it just has so much value for any business, higher education or not. But as with all things, the strategy is the hard part. So not understanding how it fits in all the other stuff you're doing is a great way to make it just seem like something else on the checklist you got to do. Yeah, Liz, what do you think is keeping most professionals without a strategy from taking that next step and actually setting a strategy? So um, I think, you know, and I actually had someone say this to me in the last couple of months. They said, I was explaining to them how social listening has been so valuable at my organization. And their response was, I just have no idea what it is you're talking about. It's a giant black box. Um, And I think it's that black box effect that is holding people back. They want to understand exactly how everything works down to the intricacies of how the searches work and the analysis. And that really pulls you away from the strategy, right? So I've been working hard to help higher ed understand all of the outcomes that could come from social listening. Because at the end of the day, if you have a strategic vision and then the right software and people in place, it's a small team that's going to execute on this. But not being able to to get into the nuts and bolts has really been holding people back. You know, how many people actually know how Google Analytics tracks website activity? Very few, but we all know <laughs> that, that the analytics can give us really great information about where our viewers are coming from and what's converting and how we can you know, adjust our marketing strategies. Um, I think we're still at the phase where everyone's trying to figure out the nuts and bolts and that 
is likely something that needs to be stepped back from and really more understand the strategic use case. So let the nerds do the nuts and bolts and let the directors and vice chancellors and deans and folks think about the strategy so that they can give the nerds what it is they need to be successful. I'm pro-nerd, but... The... Hey, we're, we're all pro-nerd here. <laughs> this is the pro-nerd space. Yes. <laughs> Liz, you mentioned something right in that answer where you mentioned small teams. And I think that's something that's very familiar to, to everyone within higher education with some rare exceptions at bigger schools. You know, how can small teams maybe collaborate with other small teams on campus to, to maximize the ROI of social listening and also minimize the inefficiencies of social listening. Right. Um, so this is where we can start to get strategic, which is fantastic. Um, it all comes back to goals. And if anyone has uh, read anything I've written in the last three years, I'm a broken record. Goals, 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 goals. Um, Amanda Costello always says, tactics before strategy headed for a tragedy. Uh, that's... <laughs> I, I love that quote of hers. Um, that when you know what goals social listening is supporting, that is a great way for camp for different departments to collaborate. So are you using social media just for overall reputation management or to, and to raise the awareness of your campus? Uh, are you using social listening to better fill and move prospects through your recruitment funnel? Um you know, all of this will help you understand what sort of query you're supposed to write and how people can collaborate to get things done. Um, and if these goals are shared amongst divisions and everyone understands what you're doing, then you have the chance to pool together and get a shared tool that is accessible and everyone can benefit from. So um, I know one campus that actually did this at a system level, I believe. Uh, they have a massive license for a tool so that they could get some economies of scale to, to get that software in place. Um, but folks need to understand, you know, are you looking for the right thing? So think about the query or the queries that you're building for social listening and how you're going to organize, analyze, and disseminate the insights you identify. So a great way for this project, this type of a project or uh, initiative to fail is to get everyone together, talk about your goals, and then start listening and just have a massive mentions and no plan of what to do with it. Um, you need to understand, you know, what are you trying to achieve? What actions do you believe you'll be able to take because of social listening? So are you trying to understand emerging topics so that you can build better content for your website, for your social channels, for your print pieces? Are you trying to understand sentiment of students at the university now so that you can provide better programming for them, say through student affairs? You need to know what your end goal is so you know what type of insights to look for and extract. And to do that, you need the right people in place to do the work of analyzing. So just like social media, don't throw the youngest person at your team on it and assume they're going to be the best. Um, yeah, it really feels like taking the long view, right? It, I instead of just downloading it and running those queries and immediately seeing the mentions, you know, to some people, this might seem like a delay, but seeing the long run and, and seeing that that's going to pay off over time instead of, you know, just immediately diving into data with no insights. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a, I have really developed a research mindset over time, um, which I think applies to a lot of functional areas in higher education. And, 
a conference I went to recently shared the phrase that social listening puts us in grasp of the largest publicly available archive of human thought. So, Epic. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was like, whoa, mic drop. Um, if you think about it in that way, you have to know like what everyone really has a research question, right? So whether you're using it to inform content strategy or to find students who are considering your campus, like know what questions you're asking because the largest publicly accessible archive of human thought is going to get a little bit overwhelming. Um, and someone who understands how to pull out the thoughts that are of interest to you and organize them and categorize them to get the insights you want, that's an analytical mindset. That's an analyst. That's a researcher. Um, that's not necessarily your average social media marketer. Right. So I think that you have to take the approach that this is a massive thing we can learn from that is important for us to stay relevant and then get the right resources in place. And just like a lot of social media programs on campus, I also think as a strategic initiative, this is something where um, a cross-functional group across campus can meet regularly to discuss progress and insights and ideas for improvement. Because the great thing about this research is you can change your question at any point in time and you can change how you're analyzing the data. So it's almost like it's like a giant listening lab you could have on campus. So I want to see my nerdy science institutions jump on board and take that sort of uh, approach to it. Yeah, that sounds like a direct challenge. So to all of the nerds out here listening to this episode, <laughs> you have been challenged. Liz, let's, let's talk about technology and the fact that it just constantly is changing and social listening is no different as we've covered just the changes that have occurred in the past decade and the amount of software that's come onto the marketplace and the new channels that have been added. I mean, if we even you know go into your crystal ball here a little bit and look at what's on the horizon when it comes to social listening, I mean, what are you seeing as the next steps for this marketing tactic? Oh, it's it's pretty exciting. Um, so almost everything we've been chatting about, I have been talking about social listening in the context of text-based searches and single text-based mentions. Um, I expect expect that most of your listeners know that. You know, the online conversation is not just text-based. We are communicating in pictures and videos now. And social listening is starting to catch up with that. So very soon, um, depending what software product you have, maybe already, you can do social listening for images. So if you've got a campus logo, word mark, mascot trademark, you can be watching, because listening doesn't seem to make sense anymore, watching the entire <laughs> internet for public uses of that logo mark. I don't care if it's on a mug, a sweatshirt, someone standing in front of a sign at a campus visit. The software is good enough to find those now. And now suddenly you've added this whole other dimension to the conversation and the analysis because you're seeing how people are expressing themselves maybe with text and a photo or just a photo. and the insight that gives you into your audience is phenomenal. So I'm very, very excited about image recognition and image analysis. Um, the, the other thing, uh, there are many more other things. Um, another thing is 
conversations. So I talk a lot about mentions, but really what's happening online is conversations. And as software gets better, it's going to get better at understanding the context around a specific tweet or a specific discussion post, how ideas spread and, you know, what what was the original source of this idea that has maybe now become sort of pseudo viral, Um, getting that context and the full conversation. Again, excellent insights for folks that are trying to better understand their audience. Um, on the flip side, talking about audience, I've been talking about finding conversations of, of interest to you based on the topic of conversation, right? But you can flip that. You know, universities are built in communities and you have a community or an audience that you want to know more about. So let's talk about alumni, for example. Um, over time, you're able to identify individual users online, you know, Twitter users, Instagram users, so on and so forth, that you know are alums of your campus. And, you know, a, a really well-resourced alumni group wants to do some regular focus groups and, and surveys and learn what's top of mind for that group. Well, with social listening, you can build that into an always-on unobtrusive focus group. So instead of building a query to find mentions of a conversation, build an audience based up of individuals you know are part of your community, and then step back and analyze what they're talking about, where they're talking about it, both physically and then locations online, what topics are trending, what they have to say about things that are not directly related to your university. Maybe you're looking for sponsorship activity uh, opportunities or activity ideas. Um, The whole idea of audience-based listening and insights is really exciting to me as a researcher. And then way down the line, um, this is only just starting to happen in some very large enterprises outside of higher education, is the idea of combining social listening data with other data sets. So what if everything you learned from social listening could be identified to an individual and appended to their record in your CRM so you're able to better personalize enrollment communication with them? Or if you're able to learn certain aspects of different website visitors and mash up social listening data with web analytics data. Um, Really big companies, I'm thinking companies like, um, I believe Hyatt Hotels does this, like large, generally hospitality or tourism type companies have started to do this. And it's amazing um, the insights that you can mash up if you can combine data sets. And I I think we're a ways away from that, uh, but we'll get there and it will just make our institutions so much more intelligent and agile and able to respond to what we're seeing among our community. That last part there, I mean, as an inbound marketing evangelist, I, I cannot accurately you know ex- describe my excitement when you talk about taking social listening data and then merging it with a crm or a web analytics platform i mean the ability to just pull out uh, an insight from this massive amount of conversation out there tie it to an individual and then send out more personalized marketing material or just more interesting content and personalized content based on that insight. That's a marketer's, that's a marketer's dream. Yeah. I mean, and this why, this is why you've got to let the nerds have their day. And, and it's about the analyst because, you know, some of the, the tools have that capability already. You're looking at a massive data set. You have to think about creating rules to categorize that data as it comes in. Cause you'll see patterns over time. And then a lot of these software programs have an API. So, once you've really built out those structures, and we're talking super nerdy data science structures, 
the world is at your fingertips and it's really exciting. Well, Liz, uh, thank you so much for joining the Hashtag Higher Ed podcast. I mean, I feel like we could probably go on for another 20, 30 minutes here, but uh, I'm really excited about this conversation. This was fantastic. Thanks. I, I love talking about it. <laughs> Before we let you go, a couple of housekeeping matters uh, to, to take care of. First of all, where can our listeners find you online if they're not already following you? I don't know. I try to hide online. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram, my username is LizGross144. For the math nerds out there, that's because 144 is a dozen dozen, which is a gross. So there you go. <laughs> um, I'm on LinkedIn. I, I might be one of those few people that uses LinkedIn every single day. So that's a great place to contact me. Um, LinkedIn.com slash in slash Liz Gross. No 144 there. Uh, my blog that most people are aware of is at LizGross.net. And that's where I blog about things related to higher education and work and strategy. Um, but if you're kind of sick of that stuff and you'd rather get to know what I do outside of work, I also have a travel blog. Um, so check out GrossTravelChronicles.blogspot.com to see what my husband and I have been up to on our adventures around the world. Very nice. And, and of course, each week we ask our guests to give a social shout out to one or two college, uh, colleagues uh, that you feel deserve more recognition of their work. Uh, and I believe you came prepared with a couple of people. Is that right? I did. I have two individuals who probably could not be more different. Um, <laughs> and I don't think they know each other, so perhaps they should connect. Um, Josie Alquist is a digital leadership educator. Um, I, I basically think she's Wonder Woman. She's one of those independent professionals that is out there doing everything. So you may have seen her as a keynote speaker at a conference. Uh, she does campus speaking engagements. She teaches for multiple universities. She blogs. She has a podcast. Uh, she's phenomenal. So check her out on Twitter at Josie Alquist, J-O-S-I-E. A-H-L-Q-U-I-S-T. She's also at JosieAlquist.com. She also has a podcast. It's called Josie and the Podcast. Uh, she's, <laughs> she talks about a lot of different things, but mostly you know digital leadership um, in higher education and in other industries, which is great. And she's, like I said, phenomenal. She's even writing a book. So I think in 2018, her book on digital leadership in higher education will be out. I've had the opportunity to collaborate with Josie multiple times. And if you have any questions related to tech, student leaders, higher education leaders, she's your woman. Subscribe to her email newsletter. It's on fire. Um, and the next is a very, very different professional, uh, Tim Jones. He is the Chief Communications and Integrated Marketing Officer at Beloit College. Uh, I met Tim a couple years ago at a conference and we really connected because he gets data and strategy and goals and the big picture of everything. So therefore, I feel like he's one of my kindred spirits. Um, you can catch Tim at a lot of different conferences, usually in the marketing vein of things. Um, he also writes for the Call to Action blog and Inside Higher Ed every few months. He actually just put out a post today that's really great about how campuses need to work together rather than competing for uh, meeting our marketing goals. 
and he is on Twitter. Uh, he's at Tim Jones online. He's not a prolific tweeter, but if you follow him, you will probably learn that he has a ridiculous obsession with quality fountain pens. Quality. See, you learn something new on this show every episode. Yeah, he's 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 a digital guy, but gosh, he loves his fountain pens. <laughs> we all need our individual tie back to the analog world. Some for some people, that's quality fountain pens. And Tim Jones, you are not going to be judged by this podcast host for that. <laughs> well, once again, uh, Liz Gross, thank you so much for joining the hashtag Higher Ed Podcast. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, really excited to continue following your work in the social listening space. In the meantime, we'll, we'll catch you on the Twitter. I'll be there.